Hey everybody, this is John Scott, former Sharks All-Star MVP, and you are listening to another Teal Town USA podcast. Hey now, boys and girls, what's up? Welcome to episode 118 of the Pucknologist here. God damn, I want to hear the rest of that song. Anyway, I am AJ underscore strong on the social media stuff. Joining me tonight, of course, the Mr. Hockey Jerk. Do I sound more expensive? Sounds a little crisp, if you will. A little bit. A scotch crisp? A scotch, yes, I do agree. A scotch. All right, so everybody, don't forget to follow us on social media, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit. We're there on all of them. Check them out at tealtownusa.com. No, that's not right. I think it's just at tealtownusa, but the website is tealtownusa.com. Don't forget, if you ever miss a show, you want to catch it, can't watch it live, but you want to check it out later, find it on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Always on YouTube and everything at TealTownUSA.com. So, boys and girls, been a hell of a week. (laughs) And I don't mean that in a good way. Uh, Finally, though, I should note, if you want to support the show, you can use the Super Chat option there to uh, leave a little tip, but we do prefer the Venmo option at TealTownUSA. So, before we get going, uh, we told you on Twitter we were going to answer the question, what if it was purple? Oh, you love to see it. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I did not see that coming. That's awesome. <laughs> and as soon as you see that when it's purple, what do you th- what's your reaction? Oh! <laughs> yeah, buddy. Love That's solid. It. Love it when Jerk turns on the screen. All right, so any hoodles? Uh, what do we got here? That's right. In this episode, we're going to talk about the Sharks having a conscious uncoupling with the Fanatics, uh, the return of Drew Remenda to the Sharks broadcast, share some numbers that are not that great, but first let's get into the Sharks games this week. There were two, <laughs> a whopping two, both of them against Colorado, starting off with a seven to three loss. Uh, the score in this one made it seem a little closer than it actually was. Martin Jones gets pulled for the second time in eight games. Uh, the Sharks, for me, looked good in the first half of this first period. Donato opening the scoring. Then former Shark Don Scoy ties it six minutes later, and the sound you hear is the wheels flying off. Colorado Avalanche would score four more times, including a shorty, before Noah Gregor would score. Couture would get a garbage goal. You know, in the third, ranking about a donut on my goal value scorecard. But prior to this one, uh, how how were you feeling? Like you're going, okay, look, we're coming in. It's going to be two against Colorado. Hasn't looked good lately. You're thinking, what at this point, jerk? (laughs) Well, I mean, you, you, you look at how the series between the Sharks and Minnesota went, you look to see how um, the series between the Sharks and St. Louis went. And you're kind of thinking like, okay, those are two decent teams. You know what I mean? So I'm thinking, okay, here comes Colorado, another decent team. Maybe if the Sharks get a good start, 
it's going to be the same thing. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that they would have been guaranteed a win, but at the very least, it may have been a bit closer uh, than seven to three. Um, <laughs> so it's yeah, it, it it started out really well, like you said, Ryan Donato. Uh, continues to be the best forward for the Sharks this season. Um, and then it just sort of all fell apart. You know, I think it was pretty clear about midway through the second period. It's like, yeah, I, I, I think you can I think you can put this one away. Um, I don't think anything is going to change between now and the end of the game. Yeah, it, it, it was not great, people. <laughs> it was one that, but, we, you know, we've said it before. Like, everybody shits the bed. We saw, we saw Dallas run rough shot on Nashville, win seven nothing. Didn't Colorado beat St. Louis eight nothing? So it happens. But um, prior to the second game, Bob Bugner had some things to say, <laughs> calling out a couple of the big guys on the team. Uh, yeah, Timo's going back on that line tonight, and, and yeah, I, I, I demand better hockey for them, man. And that's in all aspects. They got to play a lot heavier in the offensive zone, spend time in the offensive zone, and. Uh, um, you know, and be hard to play against. I didn't think they were hard to play against at all last game. And, uh, um, you know, when I say that, I mean, you know, protecting pucks and bringing pucks to the net and, um, you know, spending some some time in the Ozone. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, Kaner uh, left the game for a bit and came back, uh, um, got fixed up in the trainer's room. And, you know, he wasn't 100% last game, but uh, um, there's, there's no excuse. I think that line knows they have to be better. And, and for our team to you know, get into games like this and play our best and, and, and compete with the teams like, you know, Colorado, you need, you need your, your big boys going. Yeah, we do need those big boys going. And uh, so far hurdle and Kane, as of late, that line not producing so much started off on fire. And then, and then what happened as we like to say the second game sharks lock it down a little bit more, but it ends up being a three, nothing loss. <laughs> you can't blame any of this on the goaltender if you don't score a goal. The Sharks played much tighter game this time. Hold serve for much of the first two periods. Uh, if you saw everything on social media, Sasha Shemilevsky was announced to make his NHL debut, but about 30 minutes before the game, team would announce that there was some issue with the taxi squad paperwork. I don't know. Somebody unplugged the fax machine, whatever. Marcus Sorensen would step in, and this ended up being the Kadri show. Three-point night, two goals, including the game winner. But the second goal of the game from Burakovsky was maddening. Just slid in the back door with impunity for a tapper. On that one, the Sharks looked like they were practicing their social distancing, uh, I, I suppose. Um, I mean, jerk. <laughs> you had to at least said, well, at least they didn't lose 7-3. to three. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's at least in this game, the... Uh... The Sharks, they didn't allow as many goals, um, so that's a plus, I guess. Um, but, I mean, you, you look at uh, you look at all the highlights of the Avalanche goals these last two games. Teal Town USA on Twitter has got the gift for every goal. Go check it out. I'm looking at it right now. But you go back and you look, like, at least half of these Avalanche goals happen because there's an Avalanche player just cruising right to the front of the net, totally unimpeded, and... You know, I, I, I think a smart person would say, oh, you know, five guys on one team, five guys on the other team. Maybe you just 
one guy to each guy on the other side? I mean, maybe, but, <laughs> you know, just a, a situation in this instance with the Burakovsky goal, as you mentioned, and a, a handful of the Avalanche goals, I believe one of Kadri's too as well, where, like I said, you just have somebody by themselves and you kind of, it almost seems like everybody uh, on the ice for the Sharks is kind of all in that same mindset of like, ooh, okay, this guy's really dangerous to the puck. We got to stop him. But the problem with having two or three guys all with that mindset is the guy they should be watching is wide open. And that's what happened with Burakovsky. And like I said, um, oh no, you know what? It was uh, both of Brandon Saad's goals in the first game against the Avalanche. So yeah, it's a trend that we don't want to see. And you mentioned as well, Bob Bugner saying the Kane hurdle line needs to do more. And in that second game, they did even less than the first game, if you can believe it. Um, aside from taking minor penalties. No doubt. Uh, of note on this one, Kane gets an elbowing call because Kane can't play two games consecutively without getting at least a few calls. Uh, it was an elbowing call, I'll give you that, but Kadri got a headshot on Meyer. No call, but for me, the bigger thing, no response from the team. Like, no one stepped up. I was a little kind of miffed by that, to be honest. Uh, early in this game, though, EK65 would tip a shot <laughs> that almost got by Dubnik. <laughs> I don't know if he thought he was on the other side of the ice. Uh, Donato has an interesting game where he would collide with Belmar, who had to be helped off. Then he draws a tripping call, and after the Sharks lose the ensuing faceoff in the Ozone, Donato would blow by EK65 to save a breakaway shorty chance. Uh, is that why we're putting Donato on the point on that draw, Jerk? <laughs> I mean it, kids got some wheels dude I was gonna say it makes sense especially in that situation you know on the power play if you do have a forward who's gonna play on the point you you want them to be uh pretty fleet of foot uh to say the least um and so I think by that logic it makes sense for Donato to be there um but ugh, I mean the fact that Donato Blew right by Eric Carlson. I mean, it's it, it's starting look. to become unsettling at this point. <laughs> you can see the look on on EK's face. Yeah, go get it, dude. <laughs> Jesus, uh, an oddity in this game was the amount of doinks off the post by Colorado. They were hitting the pipe harder than Snoop Dogg, bro. I mean, if not for the post, this could have been ten nothing. And the other thing that we should note as well, Couture and Burns did have a dangerous collision. Uh, that left Burns kind of doubled over for a bit on the bench, but ended up, you know, being fine. Thank, thank God, because this team right now cannot suffer any injuries whatsoever. Uh, but talked about Kane and Hurdle before the game. What did Bugner have to say about them after the game? I thought Tommy was pretty decent. I, I mean, you know, I, I to beat teams like this, you need your best players to be the best, and uh, and I thought they're okay, just okay. <laughs> That's not a ringing endorsement. I thought they were okay. <laughs> I need my best players to be my my best players. And they were okay. Dude. Yeah, it's well it, it's like I said, you know, they in that first game they did very little uh and then got challenged to do more in the second game and they did even less than very little. Um <laughs> so ugh, yeah, uh not good when the top line and the quote-unquote best line gets hit with the just okay. But I'm hoping, and you know, it's kind of a sucky 
way that it all transpired. But I'm hoping that this time off the Sharks are going to have there helps them get their head on straight a bit, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, over these two games, the Sharks were outshot 80-51. to 51. So, again, all the people blaming the goalies ad nauseum. Uh, you can't blame the goalie for not scoring a single goal or allowing 30 more shots than you take. And, uh, I don't know, maybe score a power play goal once in a while? That could help. So, anyway, that's kind of those first two games. Now, we had scheduled a special guest to talk a little bit more about this in depth, but uh, evidently their service provider is uh, using servers based in Winnipeg. So, onward we go. <laughs> oh, did, they weren't able to make it? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking here and I'm like, oh, man. Well, so much for that. And uh, I guess Putt Guy didn't throw over some of those extra AOL discs. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do have a quick – I see a quick – comment here that i just want to get to because we are going to talk about it later in the show uh <laughs> racist fan rocks for do the sharks go after tony d'angelo god i hope not okay i would and we're gonna I... leave it there because we're gonna talk about him later all right <laughs> so anyway the the sharks you know, they're three and five all right we heard a lot at the start of this season that they had a really good camp and it was a paramount importance to have a good start particularly with a compacted schedule and they're currently three and five would you like to know how the sharks started the previous season when they missed the playoffs three and five year before four three and one <laughs> so look let's see we all know that last season when things went off the rails the team kind of splintered let's see what happens they i think I, jerk do you you think they're catching a break with this, these two games coming up against Vegas being postponed due to you know somebody testing positive for COVID? Do they catch a break that they can actually come home and maybe work on some stuff for a week and and stop living out of a suitcase? Yeah, I I, I think that obviously has a lot to do with it. Uh, I mean, kind of like I said, you know, the time off it gives them some time to kind of reset. More than anything, you know, I was kind of adding it up, you know, checking it out and. Dude, they spent 35 days, A, not in their home city, B, in a hotel room. Say what you will about how good or bad this roster is, that's going to weigh on anybody. And I think more than anything, and I think Eric Carlson may have alluded to it when he spoke with the media, but more than anything, you know, you, you're in your own bed, you know, you're in your own bathroom and kitchen and, you know, you your living room. Logan Couture talked about laying on the couch. It's it's huge. You know what I mean? I think it's going to anybody who's in a hotel room for 35 days, it's going to start to wear thin. You're going to get, you know, you're going to start to get sick of the little things, you know. Oh, my Uber Eats driver forgot my fork and you flip a table over. You know what I mean? So it's that kind of stuff that I'm hoping, you know, you get home, have a home cooked meal, sleep in your warm bed you know, catch up on the DVR. And I'm, I'm hoping, like I said, I'm hoping it helps them get, get things back on track, you know, say, okay, we're finally home. We have to go out on the road again. Yes. But at least we're home. We get a break. You know, we're at least it's a situation where they're not going to be on the road for like <laughs> 55 days. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, let's get into some stats here. And this man, does this say a lot? Uh, the first three games of the season, power play 45%. Now, most people are going to go uh, unsustainable. Thank you. 
five for 11. Yeah, that's fantastic. The PK at the same time, eight for 10. Yet during that stretch, they only won one of those three games. Kind of interesting. The next five games, though, wow, did it bottom out. One for 23, 4% on the power play. The PK actually improved slightly, 18 for 21 to 86%. Uh, two, two and three on that. So still a losing record. Overall, six for 34, good for 18% on the power play. 84% on the kill, and right now their standings, they are 18th in the league for the power play, 8th on the PK, and uh, last week those numbers were better both ways. <laughs> A week ago they were 13th and 6th, so the big thing that everybody of course is talking about is the power play, or the lack thereof. Uh, let's go back to Bugner one more time to hear his take on what's going on. You know, first of all, we, we're losing draws on the power play, so we're chasing pucks down the ice. And then get in, we get set up, and we get a shot, and, you know, no retrieval. They get it back down. So now you, you've gone up and down the ice twice, and you don't have any gas. I mean, we got we to gotta win more draws on the power play. Um, they sniffed out a couple of our entries. We made a, we made a change in between the first and second, but uh, we never got to use it. We never got a power play after that. So, uh, um, you know. Uh, it's got it's got to be better for sure. I mean, we switched units up, we switched the look up, um, but it's definitely got to get better and uh, something we need to work on. So there's obviously things that need to be worked on. Uh, clearly, Bugner is all about winning faceoffs in the offensive zone. I think that's one of the reasons why you don't see Gregor in the dot anymore because he was dying. It's one of the things that Hurdle has actually done well so far. This. <laughs> But they got to come up with those pucks. I mean, that if you want to be a possession team, that's it. The other thing, Jerk, Bugner brought it up a while back. Let's split up Burns and Carlson on those units, and then he's failed to do so. Ugh. Don't remind, <laughs> don't remind me. Like, I, I, I talked about it on Twitter, and I think I even talked about it on the podcast last week. But, like, you know, if you want to have, you know, you want to have Burns and Carlson run the power play. And, like, that's totally fine. That's how it should be. But if you want to put them out there together, you have to remind them that they are only two of five players on the ice. Like, it's frustrating when you have Carlson up top and you've got Burns on the left side and they're just going back and forth uh, to one another. And it's like, okay, I can't be the only one who sees Logan Couture with his stick pointed to the ceiling waiting for a pass that's never going to come. Like, <laughs> it's it's just like... And, and again, if you want to load it up, again, I'm all for it. They're very dynamic offensive players, but there's five guys on the ice, not two. <laughs> As uh, Daryl Sutter likes to say, five guys. Five guys. <laughs> sure. It's my favorite story. Uh, do you, can you bring up Anaheim's schedule? Because we have a comment here from Alex Chu. Do you guys feel confident against Anaheim or no? Now, you would <laughs> Can I interrupt you? <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but so didn't I'm... Anaheim I thought Anaheim like that's why I asked you to bring up their their schedule so far of who they played. Didn't they like do a pretty handed job against like St. Louis or somebody? Or did they hand like no. Vegas their one loss or something? Uh no, they What am I thinking of? Well, so let me let me run it down for you. So Anaheim has played, let's see, two, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. They're playing their tenth game tonight. Okay. 
Uh, they've only won three games out of those ten. But who um, did they beat? Uh, they beat Minnesota one to zero. They beat Arizona one to zero, and they beat Colorado three to one. Okay, so they beat Colorado. Yes. So, but they... as we talked about earlier, every team has a bad night. Yeah. But the reason why I have confidence uh, with the Anaheim Ducks, and again, I'm I'm kind of new to this whole hockey thing, but. <laughs> Uh, in if you're listening live, the Ducks they played St. Louis last night, and St. Louis was up three to zero, um, I believe less than five minutes into the first period. That doesn't seem very good. Again, I'm kind of new, but I, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> and they ended up losing six to one last night. Again, if you're listening live right now, they are playing and they're losing four to one. So against the Blues, a combined uh, ten to two for those of you who are fancy of mathematics well speaking of more numbers let's get into the goalie stats for a minute since everybody likes to dump on our goalies uh jones right now not good 391 goals against 870 save percentage dubnik on the other hand not too much better 323 goals against a 902 so at least he's over the 900 mark and his last couple of starts have actually been solid he's put up good numbers uh, again, we talk about that game against Colorado. Uh, Dubnik was solid through, you know, two and a half periods. And if the Sharks can, I don't know, score a goal, <laughs> maybe it's a different game and Dubnik can help lock it down a little bit more. But you, you, when you lose three, nothing, like you can sit there and try to throw some of the blame on your goalie, but it's like, there's a, there's a big fat donut on the board and, and he had nothing to do with that. Yeah, you know, Dubnik is playing very well for a goalie who doesn't have a win this year. Um, Jeez, and, insane. And, and I don't, like, okay, yeah, you know, Donut and three, I, but I don't really blame Dubnik for that. Like, you talked about the Sharks are, they're not scoring goals for him. And, you know, I, uh, it just seems to me like some of these close losses, I feel as though could have been closer or maybe even wins if the power play for the Sharks was just, like, average or even below average. But it's, like, astronomically terrible right now. <laughs> well, what's even more terrible is the period or a period scoring. The Sharks right now doing fine in the first. They've outscored their competition 9-7. to seven. Uh, The second period, they're getting absolutely destroyed 14-5. to five. The third period, not much better, 10-6. to six. Also, take into account, that second period, it includes giving up a shorty as well. So, look, let's get into the standings, all right? The Sharks, they're currently in the basement, just like they finished off the season last year, but they're currently in the basement with a minus-9 goal differential, sitting 29th in the league. Their goal differential is only better than Ottawa and Detroit, I do believe Ottawa is playing right now, and I do believe they are losing by a couple of goals. Detroit lost earlier today. Uh, right now, a combined record between those two squads of 3-13-3. Oh, fuck. That is not good. No, it is not. Uh, Ottawa currently losing 6-3 uh, to three to the Edmonton Oilers. There's <laughs> your score update. There you go. So, uh, look, what's the silver lining you can take from all this? The Sharks have their number one pick in the upcoming draft. 
God damn, dude. <laughs> At least until Wilson trades it to Seattle so they'll take Burns. <laughs> dude, you know it's coming. <laughs> I would hope that he's not that inept. <laughs> oh, you never know. Oh, and I'm bummed. We're talking about the Senators, and I don't have my Ottawa sounder. But anyway. Uh, so let's talk about who's hot and who's not. Uh, the, if you watched the show last week, this might sound a little bit of a repeat. <laughs> On the hot list right now, Donato, Gregor, and Gambrell, yet again. Uh, Donato, I think, it, look, you know, the small sample size, things get skewed, blah, blah, blah. So if you just watch the first three games, you're going, Jesus Christ, Kane and Hurdle are, just look phenomenal. Well, and then what happened? Uh, so far, Ryan Donato, even... The coach saying probably our best player so far over these eight games. Logan Couture saying he doesn't he doesn't think that Donato's had a bad game so far. Um, jerk. I mean, I, dude, you you haven't been able to shut up about Donato. <laughs> no, he's and, and Gambrell uh, as of late. Yeah, well, Donato, he at least to me, I know there were some people who were a bit wary about giving up a third round pick. Uh, which again. Reminder, uh, shout out to Gen X. Draft picks are magic beans. Mm -hmm. They are useless until the pick is made. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Donato's come as advertised so far. I mean, he's, you know, kind of got dropped down in the lineup a bit, but you know what? He's battled his way back up to the couture line. Uh, <laughs> you're the only one. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> we miss Puck Guy. Yes. Um, you kind of fumbled that comment. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he he's just continually, you know, he's just working his ass off. It seems like every time he's on the ice, he's got the puck. If he doesn't have it, he's working for it. Um, at last check, he leads the Sharks in goals right now. Um, so that's obviously encouraging when you consider that he had a bit of a struggle uh with last season and then gambrell uh, how many times have i been saying it where i feel like i'm his last fan but you know what since he's come back into the lineup uh how many ever games ago it was three or four games ago he's been just you know very calm very uh, very sturdy in that third line center position. And it's, it's almost kind of like, yeah, okay. You, you know, you can scratch me, but you're not going to like it. And <laughs> you know, same thing. He's same as Donato, you know, he's working hard for pucks. You know, he's, he's got that energy and that oomph in his step. You know, when he's skating, he's been much more physical than in years past, which is nice. He's doing very well on the faceoff circle. So it's, it's, it's always encouraging when a player has things they need to work on and then they come into the next season and you realize, Hey, they worked on it. So <laughs> kind of hard to even though, as you said, you know, two weeks in a row, our hot list is exactly the same. But I think if you had anybody else there, I would call your integrity into question. <laughs> well, we, I mean, there's a couple other names I got on here under the hot list. LeBanc, three points in five games, you know, it didn't start off great, but again, Three points in five games, which is more than you can say for the vast majority of this team right now. Uh, the other one, of course, that we mentioned earlier, Devin Dubnik. A 9.26, then followed with a 9.13th, uh, or a 9.13 as he comes in to relieve <laughs> Jones after he got pulled in that first game against Colorado. And then a 9.21 against Colorado in the second match. That's, that's a, you know, 9.20 
average over those three games and as jerk pointed out still winless so yikes uh devin bach well, in the chat room hold on for a hot second oh let's dial this in uh devin bach saying golden knights have both good goalies i wish we had patrick kane as a knight your guys team is really good with us it's a good battle i love rivalries who doesn't hey now i'm sorry you were saying I was just going to say, and, and again, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I'll have to double check here. But I believe that in the two games that Devin Dubnik has come into relief for Martin Jones, he's not allowed a goal in either. I believe that's incorrect. I believe. Okay. Well, I know the first one he did. The first game he came into relief, he didn't allow a goal. I know that. that yeah, that is correct. But I believe when he came in Colorado, I believe, I'm pretty, if, if memory serves, he let in a couple. I think, oh. I think Jones got pulled out when it was, you know, after Colorado put up five. Hey, you know what? Uh, well, he had to have let in a couple because he got a nine thirteen. <laughs> had he been perfect, it'd be a thousand. So, well, you know, two is better than five. <laughs> what are we talking about? Anyway, uh, on the not list, the not hot list, the NHL's most dangerous defense, and I don't mean that in a good way. Let's run it down, people. EK65 has been a dash. That means minus. In half the game so far, he has yet to be a plus player in any of the games. Vlasic has been a dash in half the games, only a plus in the very first game that the Sharks played. And Burns has been a dash in half the games, but he does have two with a plus. Now let's move to the forwards. EK9, two points for Evander in the last seven games yet 10 penalties or what most people would refer to as an entire period spent in the penalty box Logan Couture two points in the last five Meyer two points in the last five Tomash Hurdle one point in the last five games jerk let me just say this to you oh fuck that is not good yeah, it's really not. Um, <laughs> kind of like what I was saying. It, aside from Donato and Gambrell and LeBanc, I don't really think anybody else deserves or has earned any uh, compliments because, it, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just speechless. You know, as, as you mentioned earlier, you know, Bob Bugner, he said he needed more from the big guys and the big guys have not brought that more that he's looking for. You know, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I love Evander Kane. I think he's, you know, he's a hell of a goal scorer. But, dude, you can't score goals from the penalty box. I know. I checked, and you can't. <laughs> I try. I went to the local rink here in Las Vegas. I tried. And you cannot score from the penalty box. I tried. It doesn't work. Oh, my God. Well, you know what? For funsies, just for funsies, and I see we have a comment here, which, of course, I loves it. From Gavin Morrison. Yo, when are we going to accept that EK65 was a waste of money? <laughs> For funsies, let's just compare, shall we? Currently playing his 10th game for Colorado. I'm not sure if that game has ended just yet. I don't believe it has, but Jerk will correct me after I'm finished with this. Uh, Jonas Donskoy right now has four goals. Okay. Four <laughs> Four goals, and I believe he actually scored tonight, so he's got five. No, no, no. I, I included that one. So uh, NHL.com says five. So real okay. So okay. I mean, you then fine. That's fine. <laughs> so five goals in ten games. Then 
right? Solid. That includes two goals to st- begin scoring. It includes, uh, and one of those came on a power play. It includes a tying goal, which came against San Jose, and a game-winning goal. So what I would refer to as high-value goals. And sorry to interrupt, Donskoy's goal tonight actually opened the scoring. Yes. No, I included that. Two opening goals. Yep. So you you factored that in. Chief has eight points right now when you throw in the three apples and a plus three. Every game that he's had a point in has been a win for the – for the avalanche, his average time on ice has been just over 13 minutes. Now let's take that a step further. Since Dallas started their season late because of COVID and everything like that, uh, they've only played five games. Pavelski, in their first five games, has points in all five. Now they did play today, so that would crank it up to six, and Pavelski did not have a point in tonight. It's the first game so far that Dallas has played that he did not have a point in, but through the first five, Five goals, five assists. That's right. Eight. <laughs> he was averaging two points a game, a plus four. Of his five goals, two were game winners. One was an opener. Again, high value. Four of those games was a win. His average time on ice, just over 20 minutes. Conversely, EK65 so far has three assists, two of those three coming in losses, and he leads the team with a minus eight, while his average time on ice is about 27 minutes. So, quick question for you about Donskoy and Pavelski. Yes, sir. Actually, I have two questions for you. So, here's the first one. Uh, regarding Donskoy and Pavelski, is that good? <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be. As I said, I'm new to this sport. Uh, and then secondly, um, you know, you... You love, you know, your you you talk about how, um, you know, to keep Eric Carlson the second line of Joe Pavelski, Jonas Donskoy, and Gus Nyquist was sacrificed to the free agent gods. Um, what what's Nyquist done this year since you mentioned Pavelski and Donskoy? Well, unfortunately, he has zero points. Would you like to know why? <laughs> and, um, sure. Why don't you tell me? Uh, because he had shoulder surgery a couple months ago and hasn't played a single game. <laughs> oh, good to know. Hey, hey, you know what though? Zero, uh, zero and zero. I mean, he's consistent. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lord. All right. So that's, that's, uh, that, that, that will end our segment entitled. We got their numbers. So. Let's move on here. We we kind of mentioned it earlier, but announced on Friday, the game set against Vegas on February 1st and the 3rd have been postponed. Schedule makers will have their hands full based on Vegas's schedule. If you look at the Sharks calendar, there's a couple spots in there where they've got like a little five-day break in February, a little five-day break in March, a little five-day in April. For some reason, Vegas doesn't have any of that. So the schedule makers... I, I bid you good luck, uh, but we should hear something about that tomorrow, I would expect. Uh, on a similar note, a game between the Barracuda and the Silver Knights ended after the second period last night due to a positive COVID test by a CUDA player. Um, so, <laughs> dear Lord, let's get these boys tested. Uh, the Sharks did end up returning to San Jose, though, after those games were postponed. Uh kind of pushed on the NHLPA a little bit and and kind of got the got we kind of greased the wheels if you will but anyway boys returned home yesterday hit the ice this morning 
Here is Eric Carlson talking about practice from this morning. No, I mean, I think it's a working progress. Uh, I think we had a good plan going into the season. Uh, but with everything going on, playing the same teams, I think that after eight games now, I think that we can uh, reevaluate, you know, the way that we play and the things that we do well uh, and the things that we don't do so well. Uh, so, you know, hopefully we're going to make some some smaller adjustments here now and, and watch some tape and, and, you know, see what works and see what doesn't and, and you know, start feeling good about ourselves again because I don't think that, uh, you know, we've played... Uh, as good of a hockey as we would have liked to. Uh, I think we're a much better team. Uh, but at the same time, we got to realize that, uh, you know, we, we, we got to work hard on it and we got to make uh, a, a few changes in our individual game and in our, our team game. And, and I think that this gives us a good uh, opportunity after eight games here now to, to do that at home. Now, this is, this is not a slam on EK, but there was a lot of cliches in that answer. And that's what you're going to get from the vast majority of NHL players. It's going to be very cliche, just kind of, you know, I think we're doing, you know, we, 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 we have a good team here, blah, 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 platitude, platitude, blah, 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 blah. You know, the proof is in the pudding. Again, use this opportunity for these canceled game, or I should say postponed games. Use this opportunity to work on stuff. Perhaps the power play for one. <laughs> I mean, does it sound like a plan, jerk? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think working on the power play would be nice. Um, Maybe splitting not... Burns and Carlson on the power play while they're working on it? Yeah, you know, um, work on not taking penalties. Uh, work on mm, helping out your goaltender. Um, I mean, the list is long, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Uh, on January 25th, the uh, Santa Clara County did lift restrictions. So they say the Sharks can now play games at SAP Center, quote, unquote, if they're adhering to the new directive. Uh, that sounds very Hunger Games to me, but remains to be seen. Anyway, looks like the Sharks can count on February 13th being their first game at SAP. We'll see if that game perhaps involves wearing a reverse retro or a heritage jersey uh we'll get into that in a hot second now this is something i had for jerk uh, on the 27th of this month doug wilson announced today today not today on the 27th <laughs> he announced that the club completed two trades to bring in right shot defenseman christian jaros did i get that right you're correct all right uh, in the first trade, the Sharks sent Trevor Carrick to the Ducks in exchange for Jack Kopaka. 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 Eh, I was halfway there. In the second trade, they sent Kopaka to, oh, and San Jose's seventh rounder in the 2022 draft to the Senator. Jesus Christ. Can we stop making deals with the Senator? Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, what does this mean for Kanijov? <laughs> oh also it should be noticed middleton was waived just prior to this transaction uh so jerk your take on all of that uh it's 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 not as if everybody in the nhl doesn't know that the sharks have three right handers on defense and their names are burns carlson and merkley but go ahead yeah well i you know what's funny is i was kind of looking at the um i was looking at the trades you know and so you say okay trevor carrick for for jack kopaka and i'm thinking i'm like well could have stopped there honestly um <laughs> you know jack kopaka you know he's he's not hit uh as i guess as much as i thought he would have but he's still a very interesting forward prospect 
Um, so I don't think it would have been totally ridiculous if the Sharks had kept him, but the Sharks have a lot of forwards. Uh, so they were smart to get him uh, and a seventh-round pick, which, as we know, the Sharks will probably stumble their way onto another seventh-round pick between now and then, so I'm not too worried about that. For Christian Jaros, and, you know, Jaros, he's... I mean, again, it's like it's not somebody who's going to blow you away or anything, but he's a very reliable bottom-pairing defenseman. He's played, I believe, 76 NHL games, so it's not like he's brand new to this whole thing. I think it's a solid pickup. He's a guy who can play with Shimek, and if he doesn't work out, you know what? Taxi Squad, Barracuda. I mean, the Barracuda were abysmal defensively last year, so yeah. at worst, they will get much more help if it doesn't work out in the NHL for him. You right. Uh, let's hit up a couple things in the chat real fast here. What is this? La O La La Omen Shoops. You guys need to really come up with some better names that I can pronounce. Come on. Uh, are they still selling that SJ Fire T-shirt? Yes. As far as I know, you can pick up one of these bad boys, and the back of it looks ten times better than the front. By the way, uh, but yes, you can there still. There are. Yeah, limited sizes available, but yeah. Yeah, sjteamshop.com, which we will get to talking about them here in a hot minute, by the way. Uh, From our buddy Kevin Lacey, EK65 scored most of his goals with Ottawa from the left point on the power play. The Sharks have not once deployed him from that side. Jerk. It's as if... um, (laughs) What had happened was... (laughs) No, well, you know what? I... I did actually notice that um, something similar to that that Kevin is mentioning because if you go back and you look at um, you look at Eric Carlson his time in Ottawa you know I'll just roll through it really quick you know five goals and then thirteen goals that's okay you know low numbers for him but then nineteen he only had six in an injured year but then twenty. 21, 16, 17, you know, so Chief puts up a lot of goals and a lot of shots on net to go with it. Uh, In his years in San Jose, first year he had three goals, last year he had six goals, this year he has zero. He's also taking uh, a significantly less amount of shots than he was when he was on Ottawa. And I I think we can both agree that I've seen, I've noticed him this season so far passing way more than I would expect. Yeah, and, you know, he... He's, he's doing the drop pass in the neutral zone on the power play. He's always looking for the pass. And I'm like, you know, I think to myself, I'm like, he's, when he was in Ottawa, regularly flirted with 20 goals. Like, he's got a good shot. I don't know why he's not using it. Blame the coaches. Yeah, probably, honestly. Yeah. Oh, and I'm looking at my view, looking at our views and our thumbs up right now. Come on. We, we can have a few more thumbs up than that, can't we? <laughs> but while you're here, do us a favor. Remember to subscribe. Uh, so prior to the second game versus Colorado earlier in that day, regional sports network, NBCSN tweeted out that one Mr. Drew Remenda, friend of the show, he would join their pregame show. It would have been tomorrow night versus Vegas. So I guess that's going to be postponed, but how interesting is this? Um, for those of you who don't know the history, uh, after the 2014, he was his contract was not renewed by the Sharks. Uh, he told us directly, and you can go back and look at uh, go and look at our channels. Any number of our interviews with with Drew, but one of them there's a best of, and it, he talks about 
why he believed that he wasn't renewed. And it was the case of the team owner, Hasso Plotner, was watching the team in Germany and he's listening to the broadcast and he's going, hey, why is this guy that I'm paying dumping all over my team? And Drew, to his credit, you know, has the one of the best quotes of all time. I, mean, I hope I'm getting it right. This might be a paraphrase, but it's essentially, you know, how can I praise the team with any credibility if I'm not allowed to critique them honestly? And that's so perfect. But for some reason, Hasso said, you know what? I don't want him here anymore. I'm tired of hearing him dump on the team. So Drew, of course, went, did Edmonton since then. But a couple months ago, I want to say, uh, it came out that Drew's contract was not renewed. And of course, that led to a lot of people saying, is he coming back? Bring back Drew. Bring back Drew. I'm in that boat, by the way. I'm driving the bus on that. Absolutely bring back Drew. Uh, Hetty, I think, is fine. I don't think he has the chemistry with Randy. Not at all. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Hetty. Again, nice, a super-duper nice guy, but a lot of times I'll hear him say something on a broadcast, and I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, one of my favorites was, uh, you know, these guys have to decide, do they want to get their butts kicked or do they want to be a kick-butter? I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> I think you mean butt kicker, but okay. <laughs> or uh, what was it? There was another great one that Hetty had where he's just like, yeah, he, he was unable to uh, execute there because he just ran out of gas, you know. But if you don't run out of gas there, you can probably execute that. It's just like, really, dude? <laughs> anyway, despite being a mass massive fan favorite, you know, he wasn't renewed. A lot of people, a lot of fans. I, I would put it to just about anybody. Find me a color guy who has been gone from a team for six years and still there is a large audience that would love to have him back. So I don't know. How odd is this that he is going to be joining the pregame for, for a spot? And, you know, if you're not going to bring him back with Randy, which is what the majority of the fans want like why are you tickling our ass with a feather <laughs> you know what i mean like i can't wait to hear drew back talking about the sharks and his rapport with brody is superlative but we all know for the most we'd rather hear him on the call jerk i mean is is this a trial run do you think that maybe this leads to something that maybe he does in fact return because in our in my last talk with him a couple weeks ago he was like you know it would take him about five seconds to pack his bags and he'd be here. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a smart play by NBC. You know, I think they, they've obviously read the terrain. They know how, they know how well liked Drew Amenda is and how much he is a draw for Sharks fans. And I think, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to say anything super specific, but I know for me, I'm not really a viewer of pre-game or post-game or intermission live. You know, Shut I just, just it's just not something that I would, you know, not something I watch, you know. But I think getting Drew Romenda on, somebody who is as beloved and enjoyed by Sharks fans, I think that would get eyes on their product. So I think it's a smart, it's a smart play. Um, as for if it's a trial run uh, to come back to the broadcast... I mean, I'm not going to say no, but I'd be very surprised if it was just because of the, you know, the circumstances and the politics of it all that you kind of mentioned earlier. Yeah. I'm going to be interested to see what comes of this. It might also work really well, too, since uh, 
because we're in COVID or whatnot, like he, as far as I know, like I don't think Canadians can cross the border right now. So I'm going to be real interested to see how he shows up on the broadcast. It, it should be a lot of fun. Again, I'm it it makes me kind of bummed that there's no games this uh, you know for the next few days since he was scheduled to be on before that Vegas game. So look, uh, follow them on Twitter. NBCS Sharks, I think, is their Twitter, and I'm sure that they're going to have an update at some point, uh, but I look forward to it. Uh, speaking of announcements, we're still waiting on an announcement, by the way, for when the Sharks are going to finally release their schedule for when they plan to rock the reverse retro jerseys. Of law, uh, ah. <laughs> words, I know words. Uh, as well as their heritage. I believe a schedule should be coming out this week especially since they now know that the first game at SAP will be on February 13th. The Coyotes, however, did release their retro reverse schedule earlier today, and March 27th is marked down that they're going to be wearing them against the Sharks. So that's at least one game that we know that the Sharks will be rocking the retro or the reverse retro retro whatever the hell they're called <laughs> the the jer- the new jerseys <laughs> <laughs> the new gray ones <laughs> jeez uh, all right let's move on to our exclusive the stuff that you've been waiting for us to talk about forever <laughs> last tuesday i dropped the news from an exclusive interview with sharks vp doug bentz Fanatics is no longer running the shark store at SAP or the kiosks around the concourse and on the club level during games. Uh, For those of you who don't know, this ended uh, an eight-year deal four years early, uh, kind of further proving that the Sharks are not having good luck signing eight-year deals. Uh, The selection... On Fanatics, NHLshop.com. That shouldn't change. Uh, but SJ Team Shop, should, you should start seeing uh, items that you're unable to find anywhere else unless you like live local to San Jose. Uh, so, I mean, how great is this, Jerk? <laughs> I mean, it's I love it when a place runs their own stuff because they're going to be, if you go and listen to our interview with Doug Bentz, I mean, he's talking about that they're going to just invoke a lot of cool new designs. They're going to be working with local designers. They might even reach out to fans. They could hold a contest that says, hey, show us some of your best designs. Maybe we can use them. How awesome is this going to be, man? You know, I, I've I've taken the last week or so or whenever the announcement was made to prepare a statement. <laughs> it's one word. A uh, uh, bye. <laughs> Good now I, and and you know what we're not gonna this is it is not our play here no disparaging comments nothing of that nature but I'm just saying I think long term I think this will be much more beneficial and helpful and good for the sharks so I'm happy um, you know you're happy that we'll we'll kind of see a refresh on everything I'm sure and and I'm just saying I'm I'm putting it out there right now puck guy fire up the Photoshop yeah. <laughs> well, I, I look forward to going back into the shark store at SAP and not seeing seven different shades of teal, like <laughs> one consistent color. 
You're being nice. It's much more than seven. (laughs) I was trying. But either way, I look forward to seeing what they come up with. Uh, We've already seen things like Sharks Freak and Open Water and some of those kind of cool designs. I look forward to seeing maybe a little bit more return to like the Chomp font or their original watermark and wordmark. If you um, look at just some of the, the artwork that the Sharks have delivered over the kind of like last eight months or something, you've seen this kind of tilt back towards the 90s. It seems, Jerk, is it just me or is like the entire NHL like having like 90s fever right now? Yeah, well, I think... Uh, in particularly the shirt that you're wearing. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, we've now seen this. Let's see. Arizona, as you mentioned, Buffalo, Ottawa, Calgary, um, Anaheim, you know. So it's 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 almost as if the decision makers are finally seeing the light and realizing that, you know, the logos and designs that were birthed in the 90s are some of the best. Yeah. Um, I'm all for it. You know what I mean? I think when you look at like where things kind of went, you know, around 2008 with Reebok Edge and everything like that, I sort of think that, I don't know, the NHL kind of strayed away from the cool or interesting design as a, and everything was much more similar. You know, it was like, yeah, we got the Edge template, you know, it's got shoulder caps and front numbers and those weird lines on the side. And so... I think with Adidas, you know, we're starting to see some some individualism come back and some, as you said, a throwback to the 90s. So I'm all for it. I say keep it up. You know, <laughs> I think they should do a reverse retro every year and every year it's different. <laughs> it's not like they wouldn't sell. Although Adidas, you need to get on your, uh, you need to work on your uh, authentic, your quote unquote authentic replica game a little bit. Because like another three years and like your jersey's gonna be made of tissue paper or something. They're getting a little too thin. I want something closer to what the boys wear on the ice, not less so. But anyway. make make made in Canada's available for retail. You cowards. That's right. That oh my god. You should do that. That's what I'm saying. Here's the thing. Let's not get too much into it. But I'm just saying, made in Canada's. Those are probably valued. Like retail value probably double what the Indo Authentics cost. I guarantee you nine out of if not more, correct. I guarantee you nine out of ten jersey collectors, maybe ten out of ten jersey collectors are like, don't care, give it to me right now. Just saying. All right. Do you like money? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loves me some cash. And you know this, man. All right, let's take it around the NHL here a little bit. And so um, Wayne Gretzky turned 60, everybody, and hockey Twitter went apeshit. There you go. Uh, Who you know, cares? <laughs> you know how the uh, how the Sharks seem to have a black jersey curse? Well, uh, clad in their all-new blackout alternate, the Stars scored seven goals. <laughs> so maybe it's just a Sharks problem. I don't know. Uh, the NHL Network is going to produce live game broadcasts for the first time in channel history. The 16-game weekend slate is going to start next Saturday with the Devils hosting the Rangers, and it's going to feature early afternoon games typically starting between 10 and noon Pacific on Saturdays and Sundays. 
19 teams are on the schedule with the Devils and Bruins both appearing four times. Big shocker. The remaining 11-game broadcast will come out at some point. That's to be announced. But, hey, it's just one more network to watch hockey on. You love to see it, yay? I do love to see it because I am a big fan of making the NHL available for as many people as possible. And you've seen some games already produced by them, and they've been solid, right? Yeah, um, the NHL Network, they usually have their own crew um, for the for the World Juniors um, well, every if December. Rem- if I remember correctly, like Mike Rupp and Kevin Weeks, there's going to be some good names involved with this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. My one kind of concern, if you will, um, is that the NHL Network is a channel that's not available to everybody. Yes, that is a problem. You got to be on a higher tier on in with with some providers, unfortunately. I mean, there are all there are alternatives, but we're not going to get into that here. <laughs> if, I, you wanna, if you want to, if you want to know, there, there may be a certain uh, certain server that might fill you in. R, I think you're <laughs> right. <laughs> Ahoy! <laughs> Finally. Oh boy. Okay. I might just like drop this little nugget and then like go just have a smoke. Uh, The Rangers have waived Tony (laughs) D'Angelo. And here we go. Excuse me. So uh, I'm not a, uh, I'm not really a religious person, but uh, God, (laughs) God, God is good. Um, And, and we're not, I don't want to get into the reasons the, you know, the, political implications um but there have been some things in that arena um that tony d'angelo has been on the wrong side of unfortunately um and you know i hate to pull this card but he aside from all that he is a decent hockey player that's not a Mm, big secret not this season but okay no but my but the point i'm trying to make is that you could be super talented but if you've got a suspect off ice persona, it's not going to matter, you know, and he was drafted by Tampa Bay and shipped off to Arizona because of issues related to that. Um, shipped off to New York in the Derek Stepan trade a couple of years ago for the same thing. Um, he was also suspended twice in the OHL for using a racial slur and also suspended once in the OHL and once I believe in the NHL for abusive official. Um, so he's clearly got a checkered past, um, to say the least. Um, if you follow Drew Weber on Twitter, um, he, he loves, he loves, <laughs> he loves to remind everybody how Sebastian Ajo walked Tony D'Angelo in the bubble last summer. Um, so that's always fun, but, you know, it all came to a head, and you know, some of this is confirmed, some of it's not. You can read the full story on the Athletic if you do have the subscription. If you don't, I say get it. No free ads, but no. it's worth it. Well, so basically, there was, you know, there was a miscommunication on a on an OT goal, and D'Angelo and Alexander Georgiev, the Rangers goalie, they got into it. That's the confirmed part was that they had a scuffle. Yeah, but the, what's uh, the rumor? <laughs> the unconfirmed part is that Chris Kreider uh, was done with Tony D'Angelo's crap and uh, <laughs> gave him the old right there, right in the face. Um, <laughs> gave, him, gave him a solid uh, 
solid knuckle sandwich. Um, so that's obviously still unconfirmed. I think there's a lot of people out there who wish it was confirmed. Um, sounds like you're one of them. Yeah. And you know, and, and just some of the things he said, you know, I don't want to get into the politics of it all, but you know, there's a certain other social media app that starts with the letter P that he's made his thoughts very clear on. Um, but the red, the Rangers head coach, David Quinn, he basically said, you know, this wasn't based on one thing. This was sort of the, the coup de gras, if you will, of a number of things. And so we'll see. I'd be very surprised if anybody claimed him off waivers just because of his off ice persona that I mentioned. But is this also the NHL? And so I'm sure there's one team who's like, well, yeah, but you know what? He can move the puck 25 minutes a night. So we'll, we'll find out tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. There's always somebody out there that's just kind of like, oh, we can fix him. Boston. Whoa, excuse me. <laughs> now, there's always that one person, you know, it's almost like a, it's like a relationship, you know, it's like that guy's an asshole. He, you shouldn't go out with them, girl. He is just a tool and blah, blah, blah. And there's always that one girl that goes, no, he's just misunderstood. I can fix it. <laughs> it's like the same thing, man. I'm telling you. Ay, ay, ay. All I right. think the, the funny situation or the funny thing about this whole situation is that there <laughs> there is a uh, evidently a Twitter account um, that is this is the at NYR fan nine two three six zero two four four. Dear Lord. Uh, it's been on Twitter for less than a month. <laughs> and this person created this a Twitter account because they are sick of people ripping on Tony D'Angelo, and uh, this is what he said. His pin tweet, for the record, since for some reason people keep saying this, I am not Tony D'Angelo, somebody who's just sick of him being criticized by people who know nothing about the game of hockey. Now, I would love if somebody cared about my name enough to make a Twitter in defense of it, but not happening. So I'm just saying I'm 99% sure this is Tony D'Angelo. So is everybody else on Twitter. They're giving it to him hardcore. Um, one funny thing I saw was uh, somebody right-clicked his Twitter and clicked uh, view page source and then screened the code and sent it to him and was like, bro, I hacked you. I know it's you. And <laughs> <laughs> so it's been fun. Again, if you need a good laugh, I say check out this Twitter. I mean, again, it's you got to be careful with this kind of stuff, but, you know, it's – it's just funny that somebody is like, this is not me. I'm not him. I just really care about him. And it's like, but not, people aren't like that. <laughs> me thinks doth protest too much. Like, I, like, dude, like you're, you're one of my OG people, but I don't think I would make a Twitter account just to defend your name. Like, that's just not something people do. Uh, but there <laughs> is a fantastic Twitter account out there called Fanatics Sucks. I'm going to say it again, dude. I'm still not sure how that's not you. Uh, solid account, <laughs> dude. I wish I would have thought about that. Solid account. Holding fanatics accountable until they are no more, or at the very least, no longer a goddamn monopoly. I'm just saying. So let's move on uh, to the back end of the show here. Oh, look at that. Boom. Kind of our, I guess, you call it the play of the week, but I want to say the comment of the week. And, uh... This has just become a running thing over the last couple of shows, and I just get the biggest charge out of it. <laughs> this is going to be my my jerk segment from here until the end of time. Look, 
Sharks fan Facebook. God love you. <laughs> but dear sure. Lord, there are some people on there that I don't know what you're thinking. I just don't get it. And maybe you, you know, sometimes it's one of those things where it's like, maybe what what's the uh what's the old phrase i'm sure somebody in the chat can throw it up there it's an old comment that it's something like you know better to be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt (laughs) (laughs) solid phrase right uh so the comment of the week from the sharks fan facebook page you ready jerk (laughs) here we go as ready as i can be all right this is why we should have terminated Jones's contract, stuck with Dell, and recruited an upcoming new goalie. Jones is past his prime, and Dubnik is past his prime too. Offense and defense is solid, but we need to trade goaltenders. Bob Bugner, on the other hand, needs to be fired and recruits a real coach with characteristics like Greg Berube. Folks, you can't make these up. Jerk. So... So here, let me get into this. Now, first things first, let me know if you hear this. Did you hear that? I heard like a click. That is me opening my knife. I'm ready to poke some holes in this comment. <laughs> you about to cut a bitch? <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you read this comment? Can you read this comment for me sentence by sentence, please? This is why we should have terminated Jones' contract, stuck with Dell, and recruited well, a new goalie. Okay, so first of all, um, you can't terminate somebody's contract unless it's a mutual mutual termination. Now, I don't know about you. Martin Jones could be the worst goalie in the history of life. Chief is some believe not, that, but go ahead. Chief is not. He's got four years left on his contract. Okay, he's not walking away from twenty four million dollars just for the hell of it. <laughs> Nobody is. Yeah. Um, should have kept Dell. Dell signed as the third string goalie on Toronto and got claimed off of waivers by the devils. And guess what? He's now their third string goalie. And you said draft a young up and or Jones has passed his prime. Is that what you said? Well, well, it's a, it was terminate Jones contract, stick with Dell recruit a new goalie. Hello, Alexei Melnichuk. Mm-hmm. He's not, he's not ready yet, but he's going to get there. All right. Jones is past his prime, and Dubnik is too. Okay. Um, that's probably the most logical thing about this tirade. I don't know. Uh, Jones is like, what, 31? Isn't that kind of like for a goalie, like right about dead Yes. Center? Well, so that's that's the thing is is 31 is it's, – it's, you're, you're right in the sweet spot for a goalie, you know. But, okay, Jones is past his prime at 31, but we should have kept Dell. Would you like to take a guess as to how old Aaron Dell is? <laughs> 31. <laughs> so well, you got one 31-year-old goalie who's past their prime, but you got another 31-year-old goalie who's worth re-signing and building your team around. <laughs> Dude, absolutely. <laughs> but my favorite part is offense and defense is solid. What? <laughs> I, I think Eric Con- <laughs> I, I think Eric Carlson's dash uh, dash eight would beg to differ. <laughs> and then Bugner needs to be fired. Recruit a real coach like Craig Berube. Oh, so my God. Say say what you want about who's a better coach, who's a worse coach, who's a good coach or bad coach. Uh, Bob Bugner is a head coach in the NHL. Therefore, he is a real coach. <laughs> Last I looked, 
That's what I'm saying. You know, you can be a good podcaster like us, or you can be a bad podcaster. You're still a podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. You can be Adidas, or you can be DH Gate. <laughs> I'm not. If you want to know what I was going to say after that, find us on Discord. Hey now. Uh, that's probably a good out on this. So, uh, I think that about wraps things up here for episode 118. We thank you so much for joining us on this one. Had a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff to get into. You know, for a week that only had two games in it, it was a lot of good stuff to get into. So, if you missed anything, uh, just to let you know, we had some recent articles on tealtownusa.com including our exclusive about the fanatics no longer operating the shark store at sap or their merchandise kiosks again look at sj team shop for all your sharks apparel jerseys tchotchkes as jerk likes uh look for sj team shop to provide all those although jerk will tell you they get they better up their pin game is what we're saying Yes, uh, as a pin collector, I think every team in the NHL needs to uh, update their pin game, get more fun, more variety, better options. Um, and you know what? I've got an army of 100 old ladies who agree with me. So <laughs> We also had an article up there about Drew Remenda. Remember, we did talk to him about a week and a half, two weeks ago, somewhere in that neighborhood. So go check out that interview. He told a lot of fun stories including how quick he would return to San Jose if afforded the opportunity. We talked to Ted Ramey about the Sharks Audio Network, Brody Brazil with the Sharks Preview, and Jonathan Becker, president of the Sharks, talking about the downtown West development and how that's going to impact SAP Center. We also have a brand new... Shh, shh, shh. There's a team. There's a team that plays hockey in San Jose. And they are not the Sharks. Ooh, Barracuda! That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the San Jose Barracuda. And we've got a brand new In the Reef from my buddy Kevin Lacey that's going to drop tomorrow morning. He's going to tell you all about what's happening with the San Jose Barracuda. Again, remember, they did have to stop a game after two periods last night due to a positive COVID test. We'll see how that works out for them, but they are supposed to be going. So we'll see what happens there. Check that out. Should come out tomorrow morning if you're listening to this live. Hockey Jerk. Yes. I need to ask <laughs> you a question. Ask away, my friend. What if it was purple? Ah! <laughs> that is they... the Go that ahead. is the age old question. Um, I I do want to know. So, um, if you also would like to know, what if it was purple? Uh, find find me on Twitter at uh, hockey underscore jerk. Um, there is no reason that you shouldn't be following me. Um. That's it. I mean, you you want to laugh, you want to cry, you want to be informed. That's the place to be. When does the uh, subscription kick in? You know what? I'm doing a shortened season promo. Um, right. you can get in. You can get in for free. Um, this season only. 
but you are required to like at least one of my tweets per day. I don't make the rules. Um, so Sounds like you do, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hockey underscore jerk. Again, if you want to cry, if you want to laugh, you want to be informed, you want to have a good time, that's the place to go. Um, there's really nothing else um, to say about it. Uh, Twitter is a disaster of a place sometimes, and we're just here to try and make it better. Hear me out. The Jim Purpital. <laughs> no? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see how long I could be quiet. <laughs> I'm AJ underscore strong on all the social media stuff, but uh, look, it's all about Teal Town USA, so do us a favor, if you will, please. Hit that subscribe button while you are here on the YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. All those fun places. Remember, if you ever miss a show and would like to try to catch up on what you missed, you can find our content on your favorite podcatcher, no matter what it is, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, any of those. Hey, do us a favor. Throw up five stars. Leave us a nice review. We'd certainly appreciate it. You can always find everything at tealtownusa.com. And so with that, I think it's about time to wrap up show 118 here. Throw us that thumbs up, hit that subscribe, hit the notification to know every single time we go live. And so with that, boy, are we going to miss you guys for like a week? <laughs> is that is that what the deal is here? So we, we got no games Monday. We got no games Wednesday. So next Friday and Saturday against Anaheim. So you can look forward to Teal Town After Dark, Putt Guy, and whoever is joining the panel those nights. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that'll be the next time we see you unless some interesting news drops. And this is the Sharks, people. It seems like interesting news is dropping every other day sometimes. <laughs> so we look forward to it. Thanks for joining episode 118 of the Puck Knowledge is here on Teal Town USA. We will see you next Sunday night, 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. We out.